0: corner when I'm not presenting <laughs> listening in and listen in
1: hey everybody welcome to Bass University live here on Tuesday night we'll
2: take a quick break watch John Cruises on the Tokyo rig
0: be a part of the show get some chances to win some
1: awesome prizes Ugo, you know we didn't have that back down Gives me so much energy, I mean, like I'm dialed. Hey everybody, welcome to Bass U Live. Great to have you with us this Tuesday. Uh, there's been so much going on in the world of fishing as usual. It's uh, it's a great time of year. I hope you guys are out enjoying it. Uh, fishing is just uh, exploding up in this part of the country. I know you guys are dealing with the postpone summertime ledge fishing down south. It's uh, it's really a, a great time of year to be a bass angler. And I wanna I wanna give a shout out to all the fathers. Uh, we just had a wonderful Father's Day uh, weekend. I hope. Hope all you fathers had a great weekend. I was fortunate enough to have a father that took me fishing when I was four years old and it's changed uh it changed my life. It really did. It um you know I fell in love with it almost immediately. I've spent the last uh, 25 years working in the fishing industry and it all started uh, when my dad took me fishing and I want to thank you dad. Thank you for that. That was a, a a monumental part of my life and I'm I'm passing on. I know a lot of you guys are too, and I passed my uh, I passed it on to my son, who is starting to love fishing, which I, which I can't I can't believe because he was so addicted to video games. I'm thrilled to have him out fishing with me from time to time. Um, but guys, we got it. We got BTC in studio. It's good to have you with us, Brian. You've been back from uh, from swinging hammers. It's great to have you back in studio.
2: Well, you know, Rich is uh, away fishing, so. Mm-hmm. Duty calls. I want to start by thanking Pete's dad for making Pete the man he is. <laughs> <laughs> Taking him fishing. Yeah. And uh, congrats on Jake, dude. Yeah. Got him got him off the stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, f- that's l- I, I'm just enjoying it while we can and uh we got a video of Jake I'd like to show. Uh Jocelyn, when did your father first take you fishing? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, jocelyn's new to fishing see we're we're taking her fishing we still haven't caught her first bass yet we got to get that done
3: yes i still need to catch my first bass. everyone keeps saying you're gonna take me out i know well (laughs) Well, every time you've tried though to be fair i've been stuck yep
1: working or something well we'll we'll definitely get you out and uh, get that first fish in the boat it's uh it's a powerful thing to to take someone fishing and i want to you know i know uh, and we're Big supporters of the Ike Foundation, of course. Ike, you know, um, being obviously a big part of Bass University, has started this uh, Ike Foundation, which puts rods and reels into the hands of kids, and it's IkeFoundation.org. Go there and donate. But I love the pledge uh, at the Ike Foundation. And, uh, dude, I I don't know the pledge, so I'm going to paraphrase it, but um, you pledge to take someone new fishing. Uh, is basically the para- to paraphrase that, and I want to challenge everybody watching do that. It, it, it really is special thing once you give someone the gift of, of this wonderful sport. It, it will uh, change their life for the better and expose them to things in, in the outdoors that, that they'll never see otherwise. So go ahead and, and take that pledge along with us. Do you have the th-
3: this year we, we at the foundation tournament, we actually gave every boater a yeah. bobber. And there was a pledge attached to it, and it it said, this is your pledge. This is your bobber to take a kid fishing. So we try to incorporate new people to take new people out. So we're excited.
1: It's, it's, It's an awesome pledge. I was also the unfortunate person that took four kids out fishing. (laughs) in my boat (laughs) (laughs) Ah. (laughs) oh that's a lot of fun oh my gosh it's uh you got you have to bring your patience you got to bring your patience with you the uh i spent all day untangling i it was all across the deck of my bass cat i had two kids on the front two kids operating on the back and i was dodging bullets in the middle (laughs) you know trying to keep hooks baited uh backlashes untangled but what a thrill to wa- to watch their faces light up when they when they get a hold of their first fish. But I, I see it queued up. This is this was my Father's Day gift. Uh, we were we were away last week, and I got this uh, this video from my son, and I just wanted to share it with you guys.
2: Give me one second.
1: And As we're getting queued up, I'm gonna try not to cry.
4: Wish you were here right now. This is awesome. I'm at the, um, what do you call it? Ah. Oh, he fell. I'm at the, what do you call it? The golf course. Oh my God. Pretty decent sized fish too. Oh yeah, well I'll see you later dad. Love you, bye. Dad, I'm happy. Cause the whopper plopper works. That is so good. It was out of nowhere, it just snapped. Oh, I wish you were here right now. This is awesome i'm at the um, what do you call it ah oh he fell i'm at the what do you call it the golf course oh my god pretty decent sized fish too oh yeah well i'll see you later dad love you bye Oop. dad i'm happy because the whopper plopper works that is so good it was out of nowhere it just snapped oh i wish you he were here right now this is awesome
1: the video uh well it, it looked like it did loop but anyway it's uh sorry about that it was awesome it was it was super awesome uh jake, jake uh is going out fishing by himself these oh days cow. and hits the hits the local ponds we're fortunate enough to live by some little ponds he could go and uh you know get his top water action and uh and work out all his other techniques so so, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, and thank you, Dad. I uh, love you, Dad, and I appreciate you for taking me fishing. Uh, we are broadcasting to you from Tackle Direct Studios, and I uh, want to invite you guys to go check out Tackle Direct. Uh, best customer service in the business. If you need it, it will get there tomorrow. Whenever you, whenever you need it there, their customer service is top shelf, as is their shipping. So, go check out. Tackle direct, you're gonna love them, and uh, we appreciate them. We and, got
2: and cheaper prices,
1: and what? and some some outstanding prices. You got to go check that out. Yep. Uh, what else do we got? We got a uh, with so much going on. We're gonna get into. We were at Hummingbird last week. We got so we got uh, the inside track on some top secret technology that's going to be released on July 6th. Look for this, this is going to be pre-ICAST, we we filmed it, we we have all this amazing stuff in action and that's going to be available at bashu.tv and really really some fantastic new stuff that's really going to help you in your fishing is definitely going to help us. Um, so we've got all that going on So and we've got Ryan Salzman of course who is our, our headliner for today. We're so happy to have Salzy with us tonight. He had a huge win. His first – he's a rookie on the Bass Pro Tour, and he got a win. Uh, it was just amazing to see, and we're going to talk to him about how he did it, how he got to the level that he's at right now. So, for those of you that are aspiring pros or, or want to just move to the next level in your in your tournament fishing, uh, is it, it's going to be a great guy to talk to because he's, he's done it the right way, and yeah. now he's on top. And uh, – can't it, wait to talk to and him. And we had him
2: on not too long ago, and he was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah. So it's great to get him back on. He was a fantastic teacher on that show, which is uh, key stuff. Uh, also, we don't have Rich here to do the promotions, so Jocelyn, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> for, you <guys> <laughs> fa- <laughs> for you guys on Facebook, we have a like and share contest. Uh, let's be real here. Like it, share it, comment, get involved in the show. Uh, and uh, we got a $50 prize pack from Ryan's. Swim bait company, awesome. yes. True, true, true blue. Th- they also made the cigarettes back in the '80s. <laughs> 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 My neighbor Mert, who used to babysit me, she she smoked the true blues.
1: True blues, I remember that. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for that, Ryan. Appreciate the prize pack. Like it, and share it on Facebook, and we have we go- pay attention because we're gonna be asking a question at the end of the show about what we talked about today and whoever can get that answer first is going to be getting our uh, grand prize pack so let's take a quick commercial break and uh, you know let's let's talk Bass Bass Pro Tour win let's see how we did it and let's see how we got to this level which is a pretty amazing story I think so we'll be right back with Ryan Salzman right after this <laughs> ForSale.com is the world's premier Bass Boat Listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel, providing your Bass Boat Listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your Bass Boat or are looking to buy a Bass Boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure, so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. Bassboatforsale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. find what you are looking for
0: catch more fish have more fun aquaview seeing is believing
1: why do you love catching fishing rods? i'm truly losing less fish is
4: the sensitivity of the rod
0: that's made right here in north carolina in the usa strongest lightest rod 100 made here in sanford north carolina from the drop shot rod to the flipping
2: stick Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability
1: in the John Cruz Werman series, the counterbalancing in the handle.
2: It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hooks. That Boom! Goes the dynamite!
1: On the
4: water, not spent fishing, is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other they can navigate your boat automatically They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water
1: Welcome back to Bass University Live, it's the frog days of summer. It's a great time of year uh, to get subscribed and learn at the Bass University. We have the greatest frog fishermen on the planet teaching at Bass University and all of that instruction is available. Uh, no better time than the present. You get two terminator walking frogs, you get a Bass University camo hat and you get 20% off an annual subscription. So, Go check it out. Uh, it's a great time to get signed up for Bashu if you haven't done that yet. Plus, all of our uh, IM guys, we got a great grand prize that's going to go to one of our Bashu subscribers that's picked off of our IM board yes. uh, for the winning uh, answer to the question. So, yeah, I want
2: to hear some good questions on the IMs today. Let's hit Salzy with some juice.
1: Yeah, let's let let's hear it. Let's hear it because this is uh, he's a he's a guide, full time guide. He's a tournament angler. He's come through the ranks. He's been there. He's done that. So uh, let let's uh, let's talk to Salzy. So without any further ado, uh, Brian, uh, let's bring him in. This is uh, it's his rookie season on the Bass Pro Tour, and already he's a champ. He's won big, won hundred grand. Uh, veteran of the Bass University Show. Appreciate you being with us. The champ, Ryan Salzman. <laughs> How are you, buddy?
0: And I'm doing great. Um, just taking it all in and doing as many of these kind of shows as I can and to teach people and spread the awareness of bass fishing. Wait
1: a minute now. There is no show like this one, Ryan. Like <laughs> it. Like it. They, you know, <laughs> they attempt to be like it. But, you know, there's only one
0: bass view. I just
2: realized how bad we screwed up. So last time we had Ryan on, it, talked about, man, we got to hire him. And now he went and won. You know, that price just jumped. Is that is that true, Ryan? Can, can I, we, you know, I
0: am gonna have to hire a manager. I think I'm gonna have to get with Sarah Sarah Parvin, the closer, and let her kind of manage these prices for me now. So because that's a little out of above my pay grade.
1: <laughs> Give me a call, Sarah. We gotta get things <laughs> we gotta get things worked out. Yeah. Call, call me too. Oh <laughs> uh, well hey man, well we appreciate you being back on the show. It's been great. You're you're always fun to talk to. You're full of energy and enthusiasm. Uh, love that about you and uh, it was it it just came through the camera when you were going through your big moment out there I I gotta say it was uh, it was emotional and it was entertaining and uh, it was so fun to watch
0: man thank you I mean I I look back it's such a blur Um, I think obviously that the more season you get at this the more you can kind of separate yourself from the moment but there was a lot of emotions at the same time you're trying to focus fishing. So literally I tried to tune out everything and I was just trying to focus on fishing. And so I don't know, it was, it didn't even seem kind of real. There were so many boats behind me cheering me on. It was kind of, it was like one of those dream come true surreal moments, but I knew I needed to focus on fishing. <laughs>
1: you know? It's, it's, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, right? You're in this right. big giant moment. And, uh, but, but it doesn't matter. You got to make those fish bite. And, and you did that. Right. You, uh, you know, I was looking through your history of fishing dams. You've got a lot of experience with this, uh, this type of fishing. Uh, That's what you were doing. You were fishing the, uh, the upstream side of the dam to win this tournament, right?
0: Yeah. I call it the high side. So it's the high side like of Chickamauga Dam. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's something I learned how to do in college because you know, we really didn't have any electronics when we first started. We had some John boats, like a 1989 Ranger. And we'd fish these night tournaments out of Safety Harbor on Wilson Lake. And a lot of times we'd idle around the corner and just start fishing that that dam wall. And we would catch them pitching drought shots and jigs and topwaters and flukes. And I just spent a lot of time on the high side of that dam. And um, lo and behold, Watts Bar Dam fished identical to it. Um, the only real difference was the bait fish was a lot smaller yeah
1: I, I I saw that you commented about that and uh, and the fish were you know I mean these weren't giant fish, but they were extremely competitive for that time of year.
0: For sure during that I mean it was by far the best feeding area that I found on the entire lake um, and there were some big fish there. The only the, the bigger fish are obviously a little bit smarter and I hooked a few throughout the week. I had a three pound mean mouth there. And ironically enough, every one time I hooked one over three pounds, it just got off. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, Day two of group A, I hooked like almost a five pounder and another one that was probably almost four there. And they just got off at the boat. I mean, the only thing I can figure. So I did make an adjustment to my drop shot hook. Um, I started out using a little bit of a smaller drop shot hook. Um, I'm not even sure what. It was a number two owner wide gap Gamaga, uh, sorry, owner wide gap. And I, it's the small mouth hook I use because I was catching a decent amount of smallmouth there. And for some reason that hook holds smallmouth really well. Then all of a sudden, like I started catching largemouth with it. And I don't like that hook for largemouth because it just doesn't have enough bite. So as soon as I lost the five pounder, I switched to the gamma got to Aaron Martin's G Finesse, number one. I got and I only got like two left. I went and grabbed that out of the boat and show you guys. But as soon as I switched that hook, I didn't have another issue landing largemouth. Just as a little bit more bite, you know. I was thinking I was getting a little bit of a skin hook, and it would. Just, I could actually feel it rip out on those bigger fish because I was actually fighting them in current, and you're having to kind of pull a little bit, you know, and they just rip off.
1: Oh man! Well, it's it's fortunate. I mean, that's you know, it's interesting that you say that because everybody says that in order to win you got to have everything go perfect but that wasn't the situation here and uh Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was just it was it was it was your tournament and there was nothing that was going to derail you
0: man I knew that final day I got goosebumps just now thinking about it um I started off you know solid and I every day of competition even the knockout round I only had two keepers going into the second period and that day I had four keepers going in the second period. And one of those ki- catches, it, I knew it was going my way. I hung up my drop shot and I'm a- I go to get it and I'm on top of it, just shaking the heck out of it. And all of a sudden it goes, thunk, and I'm like, what the heck? And I just lean and like, it didn't go anywhere. Cause the drop shot weight is hung and there's a fish on it. Oh, no. and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's hung. So I just kind of pull as-, as hard as I think I can. And I tie a little bit weaker of a knot on my drop shot weight. And the knot broke on the drop shot weight, and not the knot on the hook. And I landed that fish; it was like a two pounder.
1: That's awesome! That Dude, what, it was
0: so cool. Yeah,
1: you know it's going to happen. That, that that's that's awesome. What you just said there—that's a sneaky little trick, right? You you want to yeah. make sure because you. <laughs> it's funny because you're never going to be in that situation again. But if you ever are, man, you want you got to have that knot fail at the drop shot weight. What what are the what's the difference in the knots that you tie?
0: So I, uh, I tie a reverse clinch knot a lot of times. I actually, this is the rig. I haven't even unrigged it. I have I got a lot of spinning rods, but th- this is the rig I was using. Um, and I actually ran out of Titan Tungsten 1 ounce because I only had like eight of them and I was fishing some gnarly stuff. So I had a lead one. Um, a lot of people get these pinch-on weights. I don't know if you guys can see that. So yeah. that's a pinch-on, but I take a hook and I open it up mainly because pinch-ons fail too easily and you're just going to lose all your weights so i open that pinch on up and then i basically tie a reverse clinch knot now a normal way to tie a reverse clinch knot is five to seven wraps um i only tie three on that on a reverse clinch knot sneaky so it slips through if it has if you pull hard enough
1: Oh, that's sharp. That's sneaky. That's that. But that That's Bass university speak right there, Ryan. That's good stuff. Man, it,
0: it, it was so cool. I never even thought it would come into that play. Wow. You basically do it to get your hook back so you don't have to re-rig and yeah. you to put another weight on. But it just so happened to work out, it was able to get a fish back. <laughs> uh, you know it's going your way. See,
2: I, I tell you, um, that happens. on the bottom of that, P- Pichon, was it French? Pichon? The pinch. Oh pichon I, I just tie a, a granny knot just an overhand yeah and then yeah and then do the pichon yeah
1: just yeah little, that'll work too a little half hitch yeah. on the top on but the top i haven't won
2: 100 grand yet
0: <laughs> it, it's whatever every, everyone's got their thing man it's just easy for me i mean it's like a, some people call it a speed knot mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of line to work with you know unless you leave a lot of tag which i usually don't there's just a little bit of line and i'm able to just swing it around real fast and it, it's it's just a quick way for me to do it yeah well, i like it
1: I saw it looked like a morning dawn robo style worm. What 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 was the bait?
0: was this right here? It's the four and a half inch uh, morning dawn, and man, it's funny how it all comes together. I was going into that tournament thinking, you know, I had come off kind of a bomb at Ozarks. I had a great tournament in the sense that I had a great heavy hitters fish day one. I had four fish for like eighteen pounds. I had a fifth one on that would have given me like five for 23, which is a giant bag at Ozarks. And day two, I bombed. Like I didn't bomb, I just didn't land them. So I kind of learned a lesson at Ozarks that I need, really need to quit targeting like these big fish ways that I do five fish tournaments. And I was like, I'm just going to pick a bait that I can get bites on, you know. And it yeah. ended up being a really tough tournament. So I was coming off of guiding on Pickwick Lake and Guntersville Lake all the week before. I literally guided every day before that tournament. The only off day I had was the travel day to Watts Bar, and the key bait on the ledges was the four and a half inch robo worm, and I just had a bunch of them. Now, ironically, in practice, I didn't use it. Um, I just I did a lot of scanning. So day one of practice, I uh, went up to check the other dam below Loudon, put in like ten miles below the dam up there, and started running. The water got dirtier and dirtier as I got below there, and I didn't like it. And I noticed the water temp up there was like 71 degrees, which to me was like could be good. And honestly, my first thought was go in the pocket, see if there's largemouth still up shallow, you know, for that cooler water. I never really had a bite up there doing that, so I just left, went down towards the other dam and uh, got down there. About 2.30 p.m., and they were sucking the right amount of current during the week, and there was just minnows all along the, the high side of that dam wall and bass eating them. And But long story short, I figured out they'd eat a drop shot and a little swim bait. Now, the original drop shot bait I figured out they'd bite was a crosstail shad in the three-inch version in purple smoke, smoke purple. Okay. So I go in there, you know, day one of the tournament, you're always like, all right. I know I got I know what they're gonna bite right from practice. You have it tied on. I get there. There's Cody Meyer, Randy Howell, Anthony Gagliardi, and Keith Pochet tries to come in. Like five votes try to start on the face of that damn.
1: Murderer's row.
0: Taylor. And dude, some of the best you know, finesse suspended fisherman, Cody huh. Meyer. I mean, there's not one that you can probably think of mine that's more dangerous for those techniques. He's a game rooster. <laughs> that right. <he> is. <laughs> so um <laughs> ironically i was i got on this place that i wanted to get thankfully and um i think i was the only one to catch a keeper while everybody was there and i actually caught it. it was a smallmouth on that crosstail shad and then i just couldn't get bit then all of a sudden i was like you know what there's all the this whole bag's just sitting there and i was like i got nothing to lose i was like i tied that on i just put it on my drop shot and instantly started catching up.
2: Awesome. um
0: and Cody left. I went right to where Cody was and caught a couple keepers. And then Ooh. everyone just left. And it was pretty typical of how, how damn fishing plays out. If you have the confidence to do what you're doing up there, most people are going to leave. I, it's just, yeah, you know. It's
1: tricky because you're in a tournament where they know what you're catching. They can yeah. see that you're catching them. And they can right. see the weights that are coming in the boat for you. You, I would think that guys might stay a little longer or battle you a little harder, but uh, I, I guess, well, obviously that didn't happen. They, they, I guess, they were trying to figure it out and just, just couldn't do it in time.
0: Yeah, so you had to keep pace, you know, to, to, for that turn. I mean, it was like two to three keepers every period you would have to keep, to keep pace with, and I was averaging that. Anthony Gag, we already stayed the longest. He stayed all the way for the first period. He was on the far side, and I was kind of on the the more towards the the left side of the dam. And he stayed about through an hour or 45 minutes in the second period Then he left. But he's the one who stayed the longest because he saw me start catching them. Mm -hmm. And he was making adjustments down there, but just catching a lot of little fish. I can't tell you how many little fish we were catching. Day one, I probably caught 70 fish. Wow insane amount of fish and just i can't tell you how many pound four to pound sixes you know just long (laughs) skinny fish um which is kind of another topic we can talk about later but um you had to go through some numbers to get a keeper there
1: the uh now you you said suspended fish where these fish were hanging on the wall so that's why you have that real light drop shot weight you were you weren't trying to get to the bottom
0: no, yeah. Most of my bites came within four to six feet, you know, of the surface. Okay. Um, you know, when they weren't up schooling. So later in the day when they would run current, the minnows would kind of get on the wall and they'd be chasing and whatnot. And the bait I used for that, I used two baits. This is kind of ironic and stupid of me. and it's just, it's just the irony of the situation. I, I started catching them on the uh, 3.5 meter. However, I only had like one pack in the boat (laughs) and they're so popular in that area. I went to every tackle store trying to find more of my baits (laughs) and they were all sold out. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm about to have to go throw a Kytec on TV, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't care. I'm a swim bait guy. I love all swim baits. Mm -hmm. So the Kytec became the main player at the end and I'll throwing on the 2.8. Um, but the reality is they would have bit either. Um, I caught them on both. I mean, you can see their identical profiles. Yep. Um, I just ran out of them. You know, they were too popular. I am
1: I would suspect they're even more popular now.
0: <laughs> uh, probably. I mean, that lake has so many little bait fish in it. I don't know what kind of, I wish I knew what kind they were. I need to research that. But, I mean, they were like one inch long.
1: Wow. And they, were, they would come up in school, and, and you'd fire the swim bait on them, and when they weren't schooling, you'd, you'd hit them with the drop shot.
0: Correct. So there was kind of a progression each day. And it's so cool because I have never – I fished a lot of dams, but I've never fished, a like, a 200-yard stretch four days straight, which is kind of crazy. So anytime you do that, it's crazy how intricate you get to learn it. Right. And there was a progression each day. Each morning, they wouldn't pull that much current. And the, the minnows would be about 20 yards off the wall, about 10 feet down. And you could just see the cloud of them on your active target, just chilling down there. And then the bass would be on the wall. A few would be set up on the wall to eat in the morning and you catch a, cute, a few right off the bat. And then the second day, I really figured this out. I started looking at my active target more. They would, the bigger ones would stay about 15 feet deep. Just kind of cruise off the wall and then lazily come up and just grab a baby fish or two and then go back to the wall when the current wasn't on. So I started taking this robo worm and I, ha- I had another drop shot rob of the 3 sixteenths just to get down to that 15 foot zone a little faster when I would see one. And I'd see him come in and I'd pitch ahead of him and kind of lead him, let him swim into it. And uh, I got some bites doing that. And they were real lazy. I, two of them like bit it off to here. And I was like, oh my gosh. So what I ended up doing, I would feel that bite and I'd just give them a little bit of pressure until I feel them, like, suck on it harder. Mm-hmm. And then I would set the hook. So in the morning, I actually had to, like, feed them the drop shot a little bit longer to actually hook them. And ironically enough, I had some of this in the boat.
2: Uh, and the reason
0: I got it was ooh. because I saw Patrick Walters throwing it when he won Watts Bar. I was yeah. like, doesn't hurt. So I'm sitting here throwing <laughs> at these fish, and I would see a lot of those fish come off the wall, and they wouldn't eat the drop shot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have anything to lose. I soaked that sucker on it. First one I see that didn't eat Anyway, he didn't eat it. I was like, I shoved a bunch on it, threw it at the same fish, ate it. No kidding. I was like, oh, my God. I got goosebumps talking about it. It's crazy how well it worked.
2: Yeah. Um, you keep I've, hearing I've, about that bait fuel. I've been messing around <laughs> with it a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'm it, it, telling you, not sponsored. by. just got it. I got it from Michael Neal's Tackle Store. There were like two bottles left. I bought the last two bottles. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't every time, but it was enough that we're, where my boat official was like, I'm convinced.
1: Like <laughs> even he was like, That's crazy. That is you know,
0: I'd see it would be I would later in the day I'd see him on the wall, even like they'd be on one of those metal pieces, and uh-huh. I could see a bass sitting there, flip at him, flip at him, nothing, squirt a bunch of bait fuel, flip at him, donk
1: That's awesome. I Jocelyn likes it on her salad. It's true. Delicious, really? Yes,
3: delicious.
0: <laughs> going into so days. So it it's water based. So, you know, it might spread evenly, even coverage. <laughs> right. Going into
2: days three or four, did you soak the bag, soak your bags in it?
0: So I took a whole bottle. That's the other one that I didn't use. I took almost a whole bottle and I put it in a bag like this and I just shoved all of it in there. <laughs> um, but I did learn a lesson. I can pass on some knowledge. Do it with only of the amount of worms you think you're going to use that day. So after you soak it in the bag, if you the next day, it's going to kind of congeal and not be as liquid based. It's going to be more gel. So to be the most effective, I think you do five to seven worms, you know, and squirt a bunch in there. So you can just take them out and then kind of replace them as you need them.
1: I got you. Ah, good stuff. Yeah, love love the scent and um, uh, keep hearing about that. But the, you were so you're fishing suspended fish. There was a couple things. The uh, you you basically called your shot, like you know. You were waiting around, basically, just as you described, it was finicky, tricky to catch them, and then suddenly, you're like, when they turn that faucet on, I'll be able to catch like 10 to 20 pounds, and that's exactly what you did, uh, just as soon as they turned it on.
0: Oh, it was so cool, because, (laughs) you know, when you fish dams, you know what can happen, but can it happen, and what will happen, sometimes is two different things, and and really, I call it the TBA gods. It's up to the TBA gods. Right. And the TVA gods are in my favor. Now, they actually changed the generation right at the end of the day, but I'll kind of take you through it. And the knockout round, they pulled the exact perfect generators to get them to school. And we actually had a rain delay that day, which gave me longer to even catch them. So the knockout round was just phenomenal. I actually stopped catching them once I got like 23 pounds, because I knew that would probably get me in and the championship round they started pulling the right generator about noon and they started schooling even before the sun got on the wall so like a big key was the sun getting on the wall too because like so the bait fish would start out at about 10 feet and as the sun would come out around that wall you know it would be shady and then it would come around the bait fish would pull higher and higher just like they do in the summer you get on the surface eating that plankton and the bass would start feeding on them but the current was so perfect that sucked all the bait fish up into that wall earlier, and they were even schooling in the shade. So I got to, you know, the Wheeler was ahead of me by like 11 pounds or something, and they started schooling, and I just started working on them. And I was just having a blast, just (laughs) doing what I love to do, throwing that schooling fish. And halfway, like an hour and a third period, or maybe not even that long, 45 minutes, they stopped sucking out of that one generator and started sucking out out of another. A generator that had it sucked out of all week, which totally derailed the pattern that I was fishing on that corner. It totally moved the bass. What it did is it sucked the bass and the white bass into this one little pocket around the corner and they were all in there gorging, but they were literally 500 to a thousand white bass. And I couldn't even pitch a drop shot in there without snagging a white bass. Wow. It was insane. So I basically had to give that up. And that's what you saw me do right there at the end. I was kind of spinning just for a second because I knew I was trying to force that, mm-hmm. that swim bait because I they were schooling. I was like, I don't know why they stopped, but I felt my boat start sh- shifting another way. So I just let it shift and I just floated and kind of looked at the current, realized it wasn't right, and then uh started pitching the drop shot along the wall and and then was able to get another keeper. But man, <laughs> it, it was it was a it was a mental grinder because if i hadn't gone through everything i've gone through up until that point i don't think i could have stayed calm enough to just make that decision and and make the change
1: that well it it, it was interesting it was awesome uh and we're gonna we're gonna share some questions from our im board in just a minute but that i could see you caught that fish and you you overtook wheeler uh and what was that 15 or 20 minutes left
0: yeah a the credit they someone said 26 minutes to go oh. i caught that fish
1: oh man but that 26 minutes had to be like watching paint dry you're like (laughs) (laughs) it had to move so slow in your mind how what was that like
0: like that my my face right there that's kind of (laughs) how i felt um i was reliving it there for a second and it was funny as i was getting more bites and you kind of saw the the what i was going through i was I caught, I think three more, two or three more fish after that one. Every time, anytime I would hook a fish, all that feeling of like suspense and dread would go away, and I'd just be in the moment catching the fish. And then after that was over, (laughs) it would kind of sink on your stomach, and you'd feel the pressure again. And um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, it was meant to be because (laughs) any of those fish I caught in the end, they were like pound four, and one was like a pound six. (laughs) If they ate some more minnows, they would have made it. You know, I mean. (laughs)
1: Right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I there's a phenomenon that I noticed in tournament fishing is mm-hmm. when you, when you're not catching anything, time moves like at twice the speed, like when you're lost and you can't figure out a pattern. It's like all of a sudden it's time to check in, you know. Yes. And then when you when you're having a, a day like, you know, other days, it's like it, it just it goes so slow. You know, you want it to end, and and uh, that had to be what that felt like right there. Just, come on, can we just end this right now and end the pain? But- yeah,
0: man. So, it's funny you mentioned that, and I've noticed that, you know, on guy trips too. Anytime you're not catching them, you're just pressing and pressing and trying to figure them out. But when you are catching them, it seems like you have all the time in the world. It's like you're just in the zone, right? Yeah. You know, time kind of slows down.
1: Yep. That that's exactly man. That's that's a great way to say it. That it slows down like the baseball players. Yeah. The baseball all of a sudden looks like the size of a basketball. You know, mm-hmm. when when they're starting to smash it. So, uh, but it, that was super fantastic. And uh, the the one other question I had for you, which was really cool, um, and Scott uh, here, at Bash, you mentioned said he must have a hell of a keel guard as we watched you drive the the garbage off of the 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 damn wall uh did that save you did you just get in there I mean it was did you need to do that did that did that help you catch them there you got
0: to get that debris off the wall there's no way I win that tournament without doing that every morning
1: no every morning you did that
0: every morning I did it um and actually I don't have a kill guard <laughs> uh, that, 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 those, those wet logs don't do anything to your boat I mean right. you do way more damage beach in your boat or yep. running sand flats um, yeah because they're just kind of soft logs Right. Um, but I really wasn't even using the boat as a battering ram it kind of looks deceiving what I was doing I would go pretty quickly at the logs and I might bump a few but I'd shove it in reverse real hard using the water flow from the mercury the, uh. the, the prop wash was shoving the logs forward uh, no kidding Yep. So I would get under them, kind of push them out, and then I'd, I'd go forward and let that, you know, that current from that mercury is pretty strong. I don't know if you ever, you know, got behind one and if you, you know, safe distance, but it it throws a lot of current. Right. So I would get there every morning. There'd be some open spots. You know, the trash would be sitting in the eddies. I'd fish the open spots, catch the active ones, and after that, I would take ten to fifteen minutes and just go along the wall, do my things. And they, I don't know if they showed it on the drone, but I would get inside of my trolling motor on a lot of them and shove them out too yeah i wasn't always on the big motor doing it but
1: so you you had had to take them out you had to maintenance that wall throughout the day yes
0: it was mainly in the morning just in the morning once i did it the wall stayed cleared because what would happen you know at night they wouldn't generate very much but in the morning they would start generating and that when they don't generate a lot all the trash congregates to where they're sucking into right and there's kind of like an eddy vortex there where it sits so in the morning they kick the current on so there's current sucking into the to, down to cross towards the wall to the right. But the eddy still there, so the trash doesn't want to move. Now there's current flowing on the outside of that trash just past it. So another pattern we do in Tennessee river is the bass will be under those logs and you can like float a fluke under there and just switch it and the smallies and largeies will come out and eat it. All right. But these bass are too tight to the wall to get them to bite like that. So as soon as I would push the trash off the wall, the current that was out there would sweep it down to the corner. Nice. So I would just get into it and try to shove it out as far as I could. And then the current would just drag it down to that far corner. And then, you know, sometimes there'd be like a log or or seven that would be left just kind of along the wall. There's several pictures of me. Like with I would go up to the wall and literally pick them up, put them on my boat and then I would taxi them down to the corner and just throw them all off.
2: On the Wheeler's spot,
0: <laughs> on the Wheeler's <laughs> hole, yeah, right.
1: perfect.
2: Good thinking. I, you know,
1: it's funny. BTC, the, this is very similar to raking mats. Did you ever hear of raking mats? Guys, guys would go out on the mats uh, when you're punching and rake them to create really? holes, create spaces where they could, you know, fish because the mats were too dense. Uh, sure. Yeah, moving the habitat around you know that's uh that's not with talked about very a much a yeah with like an actual like, like not a leaf rake but uh yeah, yeah, you hard, know the the tine the hard metal tine rake they um yeah they they would go out and rake the mats um that was uh in- interesting strategy what else and there's guys out there moving that moving brush piles around uh to change the habitat too you know um mm-hmm. A lot of interesting yep. stuff going on out there, but I know a lot of a lot of our boys are watching uh, Jocelyn, and I know I know there's some questions for Ryan. What do you mm-hmm.
3: got? We have a lot of questions actually. Um, Joe from Bass University wants to know, Ryan, how many units were you running when you had the best bite?
0: I'm well, so the units of well, how many units were of the current? I'm assuming he was asking. I think it was four or, or more.
3: Okay, um,
1: units. four four or more generators. At any time, did you try to negotiate with the dam operator or or offer any uh, revenue compensation?
0: No, I never tried to bribe them. Um, (laughs) I do have the TVA dam number, (laughs) and I would call it. The first day of the tournament, I call them on the break. I call them. I said, hey, when are you – because this was so crucial to me staying on day one Mm -hmm. because all I knew about that dam is when they would run current in the afternoon, I could catch 20 pounds. That's all I knew. So I was banking on staying there until that happened. And I call him on day one. He's like, yeah, we're going to start generating three at 11. And I and it, what was keeping me there was I would have like a couple bites of period with that drop shot. I just figured out a way to kind of keep pace. And uh, yeah, so having that guy's number and calling him <laughs> was pretty key <laughs> to, to making that decision to stay.
2: How many guys do that?
0: I don't know, but I don't, uh, I feel like, I probably was the only one in that tournament to call the generator. There, there's a scheduling guy's number, really, is what it is. And he has all the generation schedules for the TVA. And if you call him, he's the friendliest person ever. And he knows why you're calling, and he will give you every hour what they're going to run and when they're going to turn it up.
1: That's awesome. It used to be that's what we would do. Uh, you know, back in the 1700s, the uh, we, we, we would have to call to get uh, – You know, and they would have an automated voice, you know, at nine o'clock, it's going to be, you know, four turbines at 10 o'clock. It's going to be this. Uh, But now it's all Internet based. So that guy at the dam probably doesn't get the calls anymore. So he's he's probably just happy somebody's paying attention.
0: (laughs) Right. You know, and sometimes the apps are wrong. That's why I call because sometimes the apps are wrong. Ah. And I didn't want to make a decision without hearing it from the horse's mouth.
1: Ah. Dude, that's... that's, There there it is. There it is. There's there's the winning move right there. Yep. You know, no doubt. That
2: damn operator. Eddie Vortex had a question on the... Right?
3: Eddie Vortex.
2: Yep. (laughs) I thought that was a great name. (laughs) Well,
3: more questions, though. Can you explain your schooling fish technique?
0: Sure. Basically... They were eating the smallest min- the smallest minnows I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was the equivalent of bait fry. However, I don't think it was fry. I think it's this type of minnow they have on the lake. And it was so hard to get them to key in on your bait. Basically, I would fire this, as many casts as I could in there and hope it's in the area when the wolf pack would come up. And just by statistical odds, I would eventually get one to engulf it. And it was kind of funny. There were some times where I would throw it in there and I would have like a flurry. Like maybe there weren't as many bait fish on the wall at that moment. And they were able to key in on my swim bait easier, you know. But when there was a lot of little bait fish in there, it was very, very difficult. And there were even times in the knockout round, there were so many bass along the wall. I'm not trying to snag them. I'm just throwing down there reeling. I would feel one like hit it, lean into it. them, and I would have them snagged like in the head or I hooked one in the belly. And it, it was just crazy. I never have I ever snagged fish with a swim bait. Like just trying to eat it. You know, they're coming up just doing that.
1: That's a dense that's a dense school of fish for sure. Did well, did did any yeah. of the other competitors ever come back in? Did after day one, they were all done.
0: No, yeah, um, uh, Connell released the video. He was fishing the dam as well, and he never went to it during the championship round, which I was super thankful. And mm. if he had, you know, every, that's the thing. I even contemplated not going there either. But, at you know, if the, if the knockout round didn't go the way it did, I probably wouldn't have. Because you got to think, if you just look at the weights leading up to it, you're going to think 30 pounds is going to win. If you wanted to try and win, which I think is what Connell did, he's like, and he's this real competent running up a river, flipping, skipping, pitching. I'm sure that's what he did. He's like, I'm going to try and win. I'm going to go up there, try to get on a stretch and, and run up the scoreboard. And the dam was all I had. And I was like, there's no way I'm abandoning that. I know the winning fish are there if they bite. So I just gave it a chance, you know.
2: Right, right. What was the uh, water clarity?
0: It was super, I mean, it's nice super clear. Two and a half feet. I mean, it's pretty clear for TVA, you know, right. only place that I know it gets clearer than that is Honeycomb on Gunnersville. I mean, that's, it gets four and five feet, you know, there.
1: Ah, Honeycomb Creek. That's way down at the lower end of Gunner'sville. Mm-hmm. It is. Jocelyn, let me throw it to you for one more am question. And I, I kind of want to switch topics.
3: Okay. And just a reminder, you can ask questions on our IM board if you become a member to Bash U. So sign up and get your questions in. And win um, the grand prize. And you can win a grand and, prize as well.
0: And I am a member of Bash U. I've been a member for like, I don't know how many years. I want to say seven.
3: <laughs> you can win your own prize pack.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm going to comment, Ryan, what you did?
1: <laughs> you could have used them. Yeah. That's you're you're an OG member. That's all I am for real. Like I,
0: I would be even my first year on tour. I would be driving to events. I'd look up a pattern. I'm thinking about doing there and be getting like, you know, spun up on uh, like for Rayburn. I'll never forget. I'm listening to stuff on Rayburn and brush piles and different things. And it's all good.
1: Man, that's great! I, that's uh, the best testimonial we we could ever have. We have another Bash sign U up for Bass U member winning hundred thousand dollars. There you
3: go.
2: Simple as that. No, you say that,
0: right? <laughs> so if it. you sign up for Bass U, you're going to win a hundred thousand dollars. Sign up today. Yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that time. All right, Riz. Time, uh, time
3: stamp that. Cut that
0: immediately. <laughs> uh,
1: Josh, let's, let's send him one word. Okay.
3: Um, a Bass U subscriber. Jay Henfish wants to know, how does he float a fluke under stuff?
0: Okay, this is pretty cool. So it's the same way I would uh, float a swim bait or a drop shot. Basically, you can float any bait under something. You just got to play the drift. kind of like Kentucky windage, right? If you're going to throw a Frisbee and there was a wind, you would need to lead them, right? And that wind's going to kind of carry it. The current is just like wind. Um, I'm going to throw an appropriate distance for whatever current they're running right so let's just say 20 feet to the right I'm going to let it sink down let that current sweep it I'm going to kind of feather line kind of just like fly fishing mend it a little bit keep it up to the surface so it doesn't get too deep I'm kind of just popping that rod up and that current sweeping it as it gets to the logs or whatever I'm going to kind of twitch it I'm going to twitch it up and then let it suck back and you're going to be at an angle kind of in front of the trash or whatever you're trying to float it under I do this with docks a lot too in current. And you'll be kind of ahead of the dock or the trash pile and you'll just be twitching. It'll kind of skip out and then go back and then skip out. Like it's a minnow trying to get out of the trash and those bass are just sitting under there and sees that and he just comes up and eats it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's great stuff. Um, and a great win. And you know, I, it's awesome that, you know, you mentioned that you're part of BashU, we appreciate that and, uh, uh, glad that you use the product to help, but you got kind of emotional. I noticed when uh, uh, when you won that tournament, uh, you took a moment and you really didn't take any shortcuts uh, in getting to this level. And uh, and I was fascinated by that because I you know I appreciate that you know from fishing where you started to spending time as a co angler, but you you didn't you didn't skip a step. You did the work.
0: I did, man. I I literally, if you could draw a plan for a nobody to become a pro fisherman, that's the path I took. And it all started when I met a um, buddy of mine, Nick Cups, in college. He had a bass boat, and he wanted to start a fishing team at UNA. And I was all about it because I always, I saw it on TV. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And we did the college fishing team at UNA, got my first bass boat. And got a lot of great experience in college. Just you know, getting your feet wet. It's just you're getting your feet wet in tournament fishing, and you have a partner to do it with, right? And now that goes down to high school fishing. The st- sooner you can start, the better, because this is what I tell all my clients, my kids that I teach. It doesn't matter how well you do in in high school or college. It is a training arena to get you better and to get the experience that you're going to need for after. It's great to win and um, skill level is that where you can win at those levels even better but i worked my way up through college and i was you know trying to figure out a career path that would lead me to become a professional fisherman i, I was a music major believe it or not i played the drums in college no kid yep and i kind of got burned out on that i was thinking i was going to fish in the summers and that's how i was going to do it and i kind of ran out of money for school and college and my parents were military So I decided to join the military and get my school paid for and make that commitment. And then I contracted ROTC at UNA. And kind of through all of that, it's funny how everything happened. Uh, We were doing the fishing team. And I got invited to help with a a guide trip my senior year. And I made $400 in like five hours. And (laughs) kind of the light bulb went off for me. I said, I'm going to be a fishing guide. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I can get all the time in the water and get paid. And so I, I actually had switched to a marketing degree when I went into the military side of things too, because I had learned, you know, from watching, you know, guys like Bass you that you need to be kind of sponsor savvy and, and sales and stuff like that. So that kind of synced up with it. And I used a lot of my marketing knowledge towards my guide service. Fast forward, I graduate guide a little bit, started out as Salzy's guide service. and went off to military training got deployed for a year went over to kuwait iraq and while i was over there had a lot of time to brainstorm and think and i'm sure the bass you guys are very familiar with this term seo search engine optimization so i brainstormed a lot while i was over there and i came up with the the title alabama bass guide because it was very googleable it's it's an (laughs) innate term that if you type in alabama bass fishing guide i'm gonna pop up even without putting much content on my website so i did that and when i got home from that deployment at the end of 2013 i was booked about every day and that's, that's kind of how I, I just hit the ground running guiding started fishing the bfls first bfl i fished i got third in and then i had a lot of obviously worse tournaments after that but just started cutting my teeth i think i fished the bfl three years before i won my first one and ironically enough the first tournament i bfl i won on Gunnersville, april 18th was on the swim baits i started that year it was the true Bass swim bait 4.5 had like 32 pounds and it really just kicked off the Ooh. true Bass swim baits business and yeah man just you just kept running with it <laughs>
1: well wow, that that that's true that's an amazing story now you you didn't tournament fish until college, you that's no that's where you started. That's where I started. It was in
0: college, man. I always like you can ask my parents. I saw when I was eleven years old, I saw a professional tournament on TV. It was FLW, some sort of tournament. And I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And I would come home after, after school and get on the dial up, and I would be on I remember vastresource.com and I would read every article I could. And I just did that for a year. I would pond fish. I'd ride my bike to ponds. I went to everywhere I could. I'd, my parents didn't fish. I'd make them drive me places <laughs> and uh, take me fishing. And that's kind of how I learned. And and the college fishing was really where I turned kind of the corner to learning the really start to get the details of how to target bass, you know, better. Right.
1: Did you spend any time? Uh, as a co-angler, did you jump right into
0: the front of the boat? Yes. So that's a good point in college. When I did the college fishing, I marshaled as much as I could with the elite series. Mm -hmm. And then I was fishing 2009 and 10. I fished as a co-angler. And I think actually my first co-angler event, I finished third. This is now, this is a cool story. I have told this on, on, um, Ike live the first time I was on there. This is a cool story. I'll make it pretty short. You know, I was consuming as much knowledge as I could. Ike used to have this tip section on his website, and he was talking about long pause jerk baiting, and he would count 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. I read that article the night before my first BFL as a co-angler. It was at Pickwick Lake. We were in the horseshoe. The water was like 71 degrees. It's amazing how I can remember this stuff, but not where my keys are.
3: Oh, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I'll get up there. The I catch like a about...
0: four-pound smallmouth on a, on a Fat-A bomber crankbait. And then they kind of quit biting. My, my boater's not catching anything. I have this Rapala x rap in glass Ghost come floating by the boat. And it's like brand new. Some other co-angler must have casted it off that morning. And I pick it up. Another hour goes by. I don't catch anything. I tie that sucker on. I remember what Ike said in the article. I throw it out there. I rip it down three or four times. I start counting. I get to 12. <laughs> like a three and a half. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this is, I don't have to run the boat. All I have to do is focus on my jerk bait and count. Like I would count to 15 every time I jerk it down count to 15. And I had like a six something that day and had like 18 pounds out of the back of the boat. All because I read an article on Ike's website and found a jerk bait. That's,
1: that's amazing. That's, well, that's impossible to find find the jerk bait that goes and wins the tournament for you on top of it. You know,
0: dude, I I don't know if people believe in God, but I have seen God working my way in my life through (laughs) fishing in many, many ways
1: that's wild man that that's uh that's an incredible story and uh and you and you you went out of your way to to say that exact thing when you won this big tournament
0: yeah absolutely i mean i could not have done it without him in my life i'm telling you right now and probably the greatest testimony i could give was last year i was going through some health stuff when i qualified for the bass pro tour i was having um i have hypothyroidism and hashimoto's and, and totally zaps your energy like you have no life force and by the potomac river last year i could barely cast and finally got on some medicine that was starting to help and i actually almost had a top 10 finish at the potomac i i had like half a day of practice i caught one six pounder on a jig on a pole and then i was in like the er the other day and then the tournament started and all i had to go on was that one big bite so i took that jig and i ran poles with it and I had a really good bag day one day two made the cut and then I caught like a six pounder on day three that put me in like 12th place it was just nuts and I'm telling you it was everything I could do to just make a cast but I say all that to say like I just had I would just pray be praying all day let me finish this day just let me finish this day
1: wow you know
0: just cast by cast that was it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done and just to be in that shape health wise and qualify for the Bass pro tour i know that was a bigger plan than my own that's just you know what i mean i i can't put it any other way
1: and now we can see what you're doing when you feel good yeah right because <laughs> <laughs> that, yep. that, that's me i i'm amazed that you have that difficulty um i guess you have things under control because every time i've seen you man you seem like you're full of energy seems like you're bouncing off the walls
0: yeah, man. Uh, and I am, it's kind of like I have an off and on switch, but last year was like people that knew me, knew me. Like I couldn't, I would get tired walking in and out of the boat. Like I had to help have people help me carry my bags up sometimes. Uh-huh. And um, it was just, it was crazy. You know, I lost a ton of weight, and uh, but just really happy to get that figured out but to to be, you know, there's times when you feel great making all the right decisions and things don't go your way. And through all that, like i Kind of something I left out. I decided to read all the New Testament once my that sickness kind of started, and I read all of that last year, and it kind of finished it when I was at the St. Lawrence River, and um, it was just really cool to see all that come together.
1: Well, it's uh it, it's wonderful to see you moving in such a strong direction, uh, you know, spiritually, physically, uh, now financially. Uh, <laughs> it's it like, helps a little bit for sure <laughs> it's it's amazing what do you got vtz uh, i was just wondering
2: anything in particular uh that you read in the new testament that that sticks with you that you kind of carry through on tournament day or in a tough situation
0: absolutely um so basically in the new testament you just learn how to walk with jesus and you learn his life and basically what i take away from all of it is my mother always preaching i wear this on my wrist it's philippians 4 13 and she taught me that at a young age but i can do all things through christ who strengthens me which i don't think there's any better way to put it even like that potomac tournament and all the other ones like i was just leaning on him to get me through those events and uh to lean not on your own understanding because his greater his ways are greater than your ways and just go out there and perform at the best of your ability and do it to the glory of god and the results will take care of themselves
1: well, that's uh that's tremendous testament and you're carrying it with you and uh, uh it's just a wonder it's a wonderful story. It's wonderful to see someone like you have that success and it's an inspiration to all of us. My friend Well and I'm
0: not perfect. Like on camera, like sometimes I slip up and say a curse word here and there. But I just get excited. Yeah, you know?
1: I, I I have to I have to say I heard a heard a few things on the live show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: you know, I don't even – so the, you forget the cameras back there. You get excited. I was in the military for 10 years. It's yeah. a part of me. It's hard to kill. You know
1: what I mean? So. Hey, I'm from Jersey. They teach us those words in kindergarten. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand.
2: <laughs>
1: so, it was it, – but you could tell, you know, you were just – you were letting it go. You were in the moment, and, uh, you know, you were just You were just being you, and that's, that's – That's it. Yeah, that was really cool. How about – how much do you credit guiding to your uh, your success at this level? I think
0: all of it um, because I've – and I noticed this is my first year on tour. I even said it to several of my buddies. When I guide, I feel more pressure on a guide trip than I do when I'm competing by myself. So every day over those eight, nine years I was guiding before I made it pro it was basically training me to feel the pressure I needed to get on fish every day. Right so
1: that's a lot of pressure i mean i do it it's yep. as much pressure when to to get customers on fish as any tournament
0: oh when well, i yeah i feel it yeah as any tournament or more so because and it, and it's a more of a challenge because you have to quickly learn that person's personality mm-hmm. their strengths and weaknesses and make a bait choice for them that's going to put fish in their boat right or in your boat rather and their boat for the future you know that's why they're going with you to learn so you're you're it's exhausting like you know what i mean i'm sure you get home from guide trips pete and you're more tired than you are from tournaments a lot of times because
1: no question mental
0: it's physical and um when i started doing the tournaments it was like taking the ankle weights off you know it was just easier
1: yeah wow what a great way because i i feel it too you know when you're, you're every day you're you're, you're under that pressure under that lens so mm-hmm. on tournament day it's like well this is just another uh, i do this every day this is no yeah. big deal
0: and you just have to worry about you which that's the biggest that's yeah. what i love it's like i don't got to worry about get, making sure they land or whatever it's just all on me i just get to go be me and have fun and fish
1: yep i this is and i this was something that i said because i think it has helped my fishing a lot because Decision making is everything in tournament fishing is like you're deciding to go to that dam on the last day when you were you were, you know, wavering on, you know, whether or not you're going to do that. But when you're out teaching and guiding you, you have to practice decision making every Mm -hmm. day. Like most tournament guys only get to practice that when they're under the pressure of a tournament but as a as a guide or an instructor you, you have to you're on you're making those decisions you're practicing those mm-hmm. decisions all the time so under the heat of a tournament when you got to make a tough call it's 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 not that hard anymore it's like i well i've done this before
0: right yeah the more you do something the better you get at it right so it, and the more t- dialed you stay when you're not in the tournaments just like you said it's just easier it's just All right, there's a left turn up there. We're making a left turn. You know, we just go where the road takes us because the more you try to control fishing, the more, the worse you're going to do. You need to accept that it's going to change and you're going to need to change with it. So just be open minded. You know, use practice kind of as a guideline for you. Mm. You got a basis and just know that just how you figured it out in practice, you're going to have to keep doing that every day.
1: And subscribe to Bass University
0: going to help you figure those fish out
1: every day every day well it's uh man it's awesome and uh, congratulations i know uh you know i I can't imagine what's next for you i will you be coming to icast will we see you down there this year
0: yeah i'm gonna come to icast this is my first year coming down there i'm super excited um never been so it's just going to be an experience i think it's what july 19th through 21st that's right yep yep so you guys are going to have a booth down there?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely stop by and see us.
0: I definitely will see you down there. And um, I'm actually leaving Thursday to go to Cayuga. That's the biggest thing this wind does. It allows you to compete even harder by going and practicing the lakes that you're going to, especially with gas prices going up. And I've never been to Cayuga. I've never been to Malax. So I'm going to take the next uh, month and a half to go pre-practice those lakes.
1: Did you see the big news on Cayuga Lake?
0: I didn't what
1: was that this new state record smallmouth was caught last weekend uh not Father's Day but the previous weekend with an eight pound five ounce smallmouth eight point five, five ounce? ounce is it I thought it was eight five I don't know, but it's eight something well I, I thought it was yeah. eight eight pounds five ounces is what I thought I heard, but it was part of a thirty pound stringer to win that tournament on uh Jeez. On, was it all smallies? all smallmouth.
2: And Pete tried to get the guy on the show. Tell him, Pete. I, I wanted him on the show to talk. To, I wanted you to be
1: able to, two smallmouth guys, true. your Tennessee River smallmouth guy, wanted the Northern, you know, catching the record. I thought it would be great, uh, great dialogue, and it would have been. However. But, but I, however, I believe secrets want to be kept on exactly how that went down, you know.
0: And it's probably a good thing just because of the no information deal we got going on. I've. I feel like it would be treading too thin of a
1: line. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I di- Well, I didn't even know that until, and, and the information I gave is all public, right? That's all. Yeah, right. Public. No, yeah,
0: which that's all public. But, um, yeah. like if we did have him on, and he'd be telling secret. I don't know. It would
1: be a weird. It's in public. Weird vibe. Yeah, it's all. It's also public. I would. Yeah. I would have liked to have tested those. I would have been. It would have been fun that's to true. have him on. But an amazing fish. Oh my gosh, it looks like a dinosaur you know that's
0: amazing i have cotton i've cotton i've caught one caught eight evens <laughs> i've caught it one eight even smally below wilson dam and it was in 2018 and that was probably the best year I've ever seen up there but that it was it was a brick it was 21 and a half inches long and it was like 22 something and a half around oh, like wow. crazy well I'll send you a picture of it pete
1: oh we got to have it we'll we'll uh we'll post it in the uh what is the state record down there in, in Alabama or Tennessee for smallmouth? What is the record down there?
0: So they, the Wilson Lake used to hold the world record back in the day. It was like 11 pounds something. Wow. And then it was beat somewhere. I don't know where it was beat, but. That's huge. It's massive.
1: 11, 11 pounds. can do. Can do. Wrap
0: my head around 11.
1: Oh, my gosh i can't even imagine it, it must be like brown must all be washed out it has wrinkles on their <laughs> face <laughs> i can't imagine what it looks like gray hair <laughs> looks
0: like it's of Sarah Sarah apartment's nuclear bluegill
2: Jeez, some <laughs> things are ridiculous <laughs> oh,
0: like the big forehead
2: yeah yes crow magnum did you see Cro- did you see that havasu
1: uh bluegill that was five pounds
2: red ear oh my
0: gosh no yeah was that a
1: red ear it, it I don't know. I don't know the species. Green sunfish, red ear, bluegill. I don't know. Pumpkin seed. But it was five pounds of some type of panfish that was caught out of Lake Havasu. Uh, just, yeah, just freakish. Freakishly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm optimistic. When is the tournament on Cayuga? How quick are you guys going to be up there?
0: We got a little break. We'll be a competing August 6th. I believe it uh, starts. Okay. So, we'll kind of leave right at the end of the July and get up there practice for our two days and then start the tournament
1: okay good because all the all the new state tournament chase or the state uh smallmouth chasers are up there now so they'll beating on them everybody trying to break that record again so i guess by august that ought to uh, be calmed down a little bit for you guys
0: right yeah i just hope they haven't sprayed the grass up there right
1: yes i know i know we heard that before the bfl last year i fished a bfl up there and uh they the Army Corps came in and sprayed uh, for navigation purposes, and it literally wiped out all the grass on the north end. Yes, I'm talking to you, Army Corps. Knock it off. Let the grass grow. Uh, we we want it back. We want uh, we want that that lush milfoil that grows for miles up there. And uh, yeah, so um, hopefully uh, hopefully that's back this year for you guys and for the lake. You know.
0: Yeah, for the lake. Yeah, and just. A great fishery.
1: Yeah, sure enough, thirty pounds of smallmouth. Hey, congratulations, Ryan! What a great win! Thanks for taking the time to be on the show, man. It's uh it's really awesome, and and we're gonna be watching you up at Cayuga, and uh, and where where was the other one up at? Not Winona. Malax. 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 That's over in uh, Minnesota, which is another amazing smallmouth factory. So good luck! Um, thanks again, and uh, people want to. <laughs> People want to follow you. Uh, at, that was really weird. At, <laughs> that was awesome. What What did I do? No, no one knew. Look at his <laughs> cut his little hands. But I, I noticed your TikTok channel is blowing up. I know they can follow you over there. What's your What's your If they people want to follow you, how do they do it?
0: At Ryan Salzman on TikTok and Instagram is albaskid underscore meme lord awesome
2: meme lord (laughs) Lord.
0: i got some memes up this morning if you want to go check them out they're pretty funny all right right. all right we're checking them out
2: man how how big was that meme mouth you caught uh
0: um three pounds three in the tournament was three pounds yeah it was pretty cool yeah yeah now a Pickwick i've caught like a seven and a quarter meme mouth
2: why didn't you name your tiktok channel alabama bass guide
0: i wanted to have something more personal I have, every, I have brand, branded everything around, you know, my guide service. And with the transition to professional fishing, I didn't want to switch my Instagram and Facebook over to it because I think Ale Bass Guide is kind of synonymous with me. But I also wanted to kind of have a personal brand social media.
2: I got you. Well. I keep, like Mean Mouth.
0: I do like Mean Mouth.
2: Somebody will steal it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do it. Well, keep crushing it over there and out on tour. And thanks again, buddy. I appreciate you being with with us, the champ Ryan Salzman. Thanks, Thank Ryan. you, buddy. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, what it? What an awesome win! Um, that's really cool. Really cool stuff. I I can't wait to see those guys get up to Cayuga and see what they do. Of course, them small, them big smallmouth are gonna, whoof like uh, just a puff of smoke. You know, it's, it's disappear. It seems like they they show up for the springtime spawning tournaments, mm-hmm. and I don't know that lake's like 300 feet deep. What? I, I just do they
2: get all? Do they get pelagic there?
1: I believe they do. I believe they're fo- uh, they're following baitfish down to a hundred feet, two hundred uh, feet. I don't know. I don't know what they're up to. You see good smallmouth. You do see quality fish caught uh, throughout the year up there, but just not not like you see this time here. It's it's insanity. I mean, twenty five pounds and up. You'll catch a twenty three pound bag of smallmouth and will not make a check. You hear that, Joss? In those tournaments.
3: Yeah.
2: It's crazy,
1: True, truly amazing stuff. She can't believe it. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but you know, <laughs> if we get, we get you on Cayuga, you will catch your first bass on Cayuga Lake. That that lake has more bass in it than any right. lake that I've ever seen. Three hundred feet, huh?
3: What's better to catch a smallmouth or a largemouth? Yes, <laughs> <They're>
1: <laughs> love them, love love them both. Smallmouth. A lot of I, a lot of people say smallmouth is their favorite fish because they pull a little harder. Yes. Pound for pound, they're they're a little bit meaner. Hmm. But uh, hey, guys, did you check this out? This is the Champions Box from Major League Fishing. Who um, we just had the the Major League Fishing Champ, the Bass Pro Tour Champ on, but the Bass University is part of the Champions Box, so we've got a lot of great stuff. And if you have a Champions Box, look in there. We've got a really cool opportunity for you. Waiting inside the Champions Club box.
2: Are you opening that this week or no? We're
1: gonna open it next week. Next week. Next week.
2: I'm Looks a lot like Dunkin' Donuts uh, holiday, like I'm the Christmas time I'm box of donuts.
1: <laughs> I wonder if there's Boston cream in there,
2: maybe. <laughs> yeah, I like Boston cream uh-huh. jelly. Yeah. Jelly glazed. You like jelly?
3: You don't like jelly? Oh no! <laughs> How do you not like jelly? Nope.
2: Nope.
1: <laughs> that's wrong with you. That's a that's a staple.
2: Jelly jelly
1: donuts. Come on. It's a South Jersey thing. Come on. Is it? I think. Mm -hmm. My folks loved it. We always had those. So what do we got left, Pete? We got
2: to give away our Facebook like and share and the grand prize, which is a true bass $50 pack of swim baits, two frogs that look like a lot like that, (laughs) and uh, and a Bass U t-shirt signed by Jocelyn.
3: I have the Facebook like and share winner. Fire it up. Um, the Facebook like and share winner is Bradley Stringfield.
1: Thank you, Bradley, for hanging out with us. Can you believe Salzy has been a Bashu subscriber since virtually the beginning of Bash University? Seven years. Yeah, that's 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 when we kicked off. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, when we launched the streaming service. I mean, we've been operating seminars for 13 years now. 13. Yeah. Wow. And um, but we when you know we started. Uh, Streaming our our seminars, jeez, uh, that's like seven years ago now. Wow, that's amazing. He was he was one of the first uh, first guys. We're gonna have to send him a care package. Jocelyn, you're in charge.
3: Yes, I'll send him one for sure. Yeah,
1: that's it's so awesome. We we've, we've uh, we have to keep records of this BTC. We've got <laughs> classic champs. We've got uh, elite series champs. Um, we've got now Bass Pro Tour champs. All s- not just teachers. These are people that are using the product to bring their fish into the next level. And uh, you can, too. Right now, like I said, go over to BashU.TV and get yourself subscribed. And it's a great time to do it right now. We have 20% off an annual subscription, frogs, and a BashU hat. And uh, it's just really uh, it's re- re- rewarding to, uh, to see our guys using the product at the highest level and guys using our product to be able to catch fish consistently at the re- farm pond uh and it's all right there at bash that's why we make it and uh makes you feel great to to hear someone like that yes indeed you know
2: are you at a thousand seminars we are nice yep well there's not much left i got we gutted a kitchen yesterday yeah and today's like roughing all the electric and the plumbing and so i gotta get going Okay. So <laughs> I got guys on the job sending me pictures. Oh yeah, there's 240 volts in this box.
1: All right. Well, like, you helped oh. you helped us out today. We'll we'll come to the su- the job site with you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: got a task <laughs> or two for you. We still have to <laughs> give away our grand prize.
1: All right. We got a grand prize question. Uh, Do you? Oh, I, I've got one. <laughs> I've got. But I thought you had one prepared.
2: Well, but
1: yeah. I'm along the same lines as you. That would that would have been my question.
2: It is your question.
1: Oh, I gotta ask it now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, the, the, well, here's the deal. What? And right. this was Bash. You guys, you were listening to it. He has a really sneaky knot that he <laughs> ties.
3: Oh, I know this answer. He, he
1: ties on um, on his drop shot weight. What? What is that knot? What does he call that knot? And how many wraps does he use? Uh, that's.
3: I know part of the answer to that, but I don't know the full thing. Oh, <laughs> well, you need to know <laughs> so the full have thing. So you're to send me the answer. <laughs> I'm sending.
1: I'm sending Jocelyn the answer right now. Um, no, nah, that. But that was really sneaky. Uh, really great brat, uh, bashy stuff.
2: You know what I wanted to ask him if he felt there was a difference between tungsten and lead on his drop shot weight.
1: That was a good question. He kind of. Well, he did. He ran out of tungsten and uh, you know forced to use lead, so it seemed to work, but. Yeah, I wonder what the difference would have been. Especially cuz he's suspended fish fishing. Right? You would right. Th- you would think that that would really matter if you're like transmission bottom contact kind of fishing. But uh oh. I don't know. We will have to save that did for you the send next it one. To me? I uh I did. I sent you her name. I sent Charleston. you the number of how many Did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> That's our high t- high tech uh <laughs> Okay. information transfer over here at Bash university by the way the hummingbird stuff is coming out guys it's unbelievable i want to give a shout out to the folks at hummingbird and especially at colo over there for hosting us and uh you know showing us this this amazing new stuff the entire hummingbird uh facilities are both Minn kota and hummingbird are expanding they're working hard all of that stuff is built and assembled here in the states and they're just hustling to get all the orders filled and you are going to want to get your orders in uh, for this new stuff that's going to be dropped on July 6th uh, so look for that coming real soon we got I got the opportunity to fish Lake Michigan as did Scott Um in Sturgeon Bay, Green Bay, saw Lambeau Field for Did the you? first time in my life. Uh, caught a bass out of uh, Lake Michigan. And now I only have uh, Lake Superior left on my bucket list uh, to catch a, uh, as far as the Great Lakes go. Road so trip. <laughs> road trip. That's a, that's a quite a road trip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They say, this is interesting. They w- we were talking about Lake Superior because all the other Great Lakes have big, giant, smallmouth. Lake Superior has an abundance of them, which I didn't even think they did, because I thought it was too far north. But uh, they have, but they're not big. They like catching a four pounder is a big deal. But there's lots of them. Like the fishing is untapped, and it's uh, it's a great little fishery.
3: We have so a winner.
1: Also met the guys from Tactical Bass, and want to give a shout out to Matt and Tim, uh, who I met on the trip, as well as our our good friend Ken Duke yes. from fishing tackle retailer. Uh, was at this event with us. Shout out
2: Ken cool. was responsible for most of our trivia questions. I wonder if activities. you can catch a smallmouth out of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um,
1: I, I bet you I mean, it might be too deep. Might be. It might be too deep. But we did talk a lot about the shipwrecks. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, Matt from uh, Tactical Bass, is kind of uh, an aficionado of like all the shipwrecks that have happened over the years. And there's actually. I can't remember the name of. It. There's a cut through in the islands in Green Bay. It's got this deathly name because the current and the waves build and have sunk a ton of ships uh, right. trying to get through those narrows. I can't remember the name of it just now. We have to look it up. Yeah. But uh, Josh, we have a winner. We do. Howie won. Howie. Howie. All right. Howie rains. Always good to have Howie. Howie is uh, is always with us at Bash University. Been to so many Bash University classes and. Uh, Congrats on uh, on winning that prize, my my friend. Uh, it's great having you guys with us. We're gonna be um, we're gonna be back next Tuesday with another Bash University live. So look for that. We'll keep you guys posted on uh, what we're gonna be diving into. We have some interesting things that we're working on. I think you guys are gonna like, and we will keep you posted. In the meantime, uh, thanks, Joss. Thanks, BTC. You got it, buddy. I appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll thanks, be- live
2: studio audience.
1: <laughs> 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 thank you, Ryan Salzman. Congratulations, and thank you the folks at MLF for uh, for the the Champions Club box and uh, and and let, allowing Ryan to be on the show with us. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Another edition of Bash University Live. We'll see you later. Everybody. I'm at the
4: um, what do you call? It? Ah, oh, he fell. I'm at the what do you call it? The golf course. Oh my God pretty decent sized fish too oh yeah well see you later dad love you bye dad I'm happy because the whopper plopper works that is so good it was out of nowhere it just snapped oh I wish you were here right now this is awesome I'm at the um, what do you call Ah, oh he fell I'm at the what do you call it the golf course oh my god pretty decent sized fish too Oh, yeah. Well, I'll see you later, Dad. Love you. Bye.